0: Offering you the chance to hear a 15 to 20 minute Bible reading each weeknight. The entire Bible, every year. Hear the scriptures, then call in with your comments and questions. This is the best show in the world. Well, actually, I was speaking against everything you are talking about before, and uh, now I, I stand humbly corrected. I'm a pastor, and our people really need to know the Word more. The Bible also transformed the life of your Bible Live host a full-blooded apache indian born out of wedlock and abandoned at birth soapy dollar was found in a big city alley by a kind-hearted fortune teller then passed around to 16 families before he was six years old placed in a home for homeless and delinquent boys soapy dollar heard the bible's life-changing message at the age of eight and the course of his life was changed He's an American Indian guitar-play-it-all-around rodeo cowboy.
2: I keep my thumb between the pages and my heart in the book.
0: With more degrees than a thermometer, and over 40 years of introducing folks just like you to the God of the Bible. Here is Sophie Dollar.
2: Um, bum, Good evening, everyone. Thank you for... Being in your place. I'm in mine, and we're ready to get started with another edition of the Bible Live the opportunity to hear the old book of books. We are talking about a book that does claim for itself that God Himself caused it to be recorded. This is a record, a history of God speaking and acting in time and space with men and women, couples, families, clans, people groups of all kinds. This is 66 different books written over a period of 1,400 years by over 40 different authors with an amazing, miraculous, supernatural consistency from beginning to end about the true and living God. It's written in various styles. There is history, poetry, liturgy, worship. There are songs that are sung, praise and worship of the true and living God. One of the things we're looking at now in the book of Leviticus, this book has its theme of holiness. The phrase, Holiness, being holy, is continually used throughout because God is declaring himself to be holy, entirely and totally set apart from all other beings. Uh, There is no other being higher. You you know, when you were a kid, you said, well, I'm such and such uh, infinity. And somebody else says, well, I'm infinity plus one. Well, God is always infinity plus one. He's always the plus one. He is totally and absolutely set apart far beyond, far above any other being. He is set apart Not only by his essence as the supreme being, but in his character. He is absolutely morally pure, pure light. And in him there is no shadow of darkness whatsoever, not even a hint of selfishness. He is truly a good God, loving, patient, kind, generous, forgiving. God is without compromise against wickedness, against sinfulness, against selfishness. These are the things that we learn about God as we read his word. Well, I'll give you some background on the book of Leviticus tonight before we start. But right now, let's go to Psalm 26, which declares loyalty to God, being genuinely committed to God on the Bible Life. Psalm 26. Declare me innocent, O Lord, for I have acted with integrity. I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Put me on trial, Lord, and cross-examine me. Test my motives and affections, for I am constantly aware of your unfailing love, and I have lived according to your truth. I do not spend time with liars or go along with hypocrites. I hate the gatherings of those who do evil, and I refuse to join in with the wicked. I wash my hands to declare my innocence. I come to your altar, O Lord, singing a song of thanksgiving and telling of all your miracles. I love your sanctuary, Lord, the place where your glory shines. Don't let me suffer the fate of sinners. Don't condemn me along with murderers. Their hands are dirty with wicked schemes, and they constantly take bribes. But I am not like that. I do what is right. So in your mercy, save me. I have taken a stand, and I will publicly praise the Lord. End of reading Psalm 26. This psalm was probably written, uh, possibly written, during the days of Absalom's rebellion. David's son Absalom rebelled against him. If we are genuinely committed to God, we can stand up to opposition and to examination. We've got a great read for tonight, starting in Leviticus chapter 23. You remember that in Exodus chapter 20, Moses delivered to the people of Israel. They are still camped there at the base of Mount Sinai. Two years they spend there. He delivered to them the Ten Commandments. More or less their constitution. The fundamental principles that guide them. Now in the remainder of the book of Exodus and here in the book of Leviticus, he is filling in and giving details. How does those flesh out into everyday life, the practicalities of them? We see examples of how thou shall not kill, thou shalt not steal, honesty and integrity, how that those work out into practical everyday life in what is now a brand new Hebrew society, a Hebrew culture that is being built as we watch. This is Nation Building 101, you might say, and the central principle is that God is first. This tabernacle, this portable worship center, this relatively small tent, representing the presence of God in the midst of his people, it is built to exact proportions and instructions And it is there as a continual reminder of God's presence in the midst of the camp. All of the offerings and the sacrifices that are brought by the different families, by the individuals, offered up by the priesthood. Remember the Aaronic priesthood. Aaron, Moses' brother, is the high priest. And the descendants of Levi, the Levite group, has been purchased as God's people in place of the first child, the oldest child of every Hebrew family. They've actually purchased. There was a transaction made. We'll see that, I think, in the book of Numbers that this tribe now is used and designed by God and and purchased by God to represent him to the people and the people to God. They are the priestly tribe. They inherit no land, as we'll see whenever they do get to the promised land. Their task, their responsibility is to serve the people of Israel in their spiritual needs. And, of course, the people of Israel giving through their offerings and through their sacrifices, not only to the Lord, but as unto the Lord, they are giving as well through the burnt offering, the grain offering, the peace offering, the sin offering, the guilt offering, all of these offerings that we have been considering. As they give those, they are not only expressing love and devotion and confession of sin, humility and repentance toward the Lord, they are also helping to care for the priestly tribe, the Levites. We've been going through so many of these rules, the festival days that are presented, the Passover, the festival of unleavened bread that follows the Passover, First Harvest, Pentecost, the Day of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, Shelters. Now we're going to pick up in chapter 23 of Leviticus and review these festival days. They are so important in the life of the country, reminding of the centrality of God. Leviticus 23, 1 through 25, 34. Leviticus 23. The Lord said to Moses, Give the Israelites instructions regarding the Lord's appointed festival, the days when all of you will be summoned to worship me. You may work for six days each week, but on the seventh day all work must come to a complete stop. It is the Lord's Sabbath day of complete rest, a holy day to assemble for worship. It must be observed wherever you live. In addition to the Sabbath, the Lord has established festivals, the holy occasions to be observed at the proper time each year. First comes the Lord's Passover, which begins at twilight on its appointed day in early spring. Then the day after Passover celebration, the festival of unleavened bread begins. This festival to the Lord continues for seven days, and during that time all the bread you eat must be made without yeast. On the first day of the festival, all the people must stop their regular work and gather for a sacred assembly. On each of the next seven days, the people must present an offering to the Lord by fire. On the seventh day, the people must again stop all their regular work to hold a sacred assembly. Then the Lord told Moses to give these instructions to the Israelites. When you arrive in the land I am giving you and you harvest your first crops, bring the priest some grain from the first portion of your grain harvest. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest will lift it up before the Lord so it may be accepted on your behalf. That same day you must sacrifice a year-old male lamb with no physical defects as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. A grain offering must accompany it, consisting of three quarts of choice flour mixed with olive oil. It will be an offering given to the Lord by fire, and it will be very pleasing to Him. Along with this sacrifice, you must also offer one quart of wine as a drink offering. Do not eat any bread or roasted grain or fresh kernels on that day until after you have brought this offering to your God. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed wherever you live. From the day after the Sabbath, the day the bundle of grain was lifted up as an offering, count off seven weeks. Keep counting until the day after the seventh Sabbath, 50 days later, and bring an offering of new grain to the Lord. From wherever you live, bring two loaves of bread to be lifted up before the Lord as an offering. These loaves must be baked from three quarts of choice flour that contains yeast. They will be an offering to the Lord from the first of your crops. Along with this bread, present seven one-year-old lambs with no physical defects, one bull, and two rams as burnt offerings to the Lord. These whole burnt offerings, together with the accompanying grain offerings and drink offerings, will be given to the Lord by fire and will be pleasing to Him. Then you must offer one male goat as a sin offering and two one-year-old male lambs as a peace offering. The priest will lift up these offerings before the Lord, together with the loaves representing the first of your later crops. These offerings are holy to the Lord and will belong to the priests. That same day, you must stop all your regular work and gather for a sacred assembly. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed wherever you live. When you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields, and do not pick up what the harvesters drop. Leave it for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I, the Lord, am your God.
1: This is the Bible lie with Soapy Dollar.
2: The Lord told Moses to give these instructions to the Israelites. On the appointed day in early autumn, you are to celebrate a day of complete rest. All your work must stop on that day. You will call the people to a sacred assembly, the festival of trumpets, with loud blasts from a trumpet. You must do no regular work on that day. Instead, you are to present offerings to the Lord by fire. Then the Lord said to Moses, Remember that the Day of Atonement is to be celebrated on the ninth day after the festival of trumpets. On that day you must humble yourselves, gather for a sacred assembly, and present offerings to the Lord by fire. Do no work during that entire day, because it is the day of atonement, when atonement will be made for you before the Lord your God, and payment will be made for your sins. Anyone who does not spend that day in humility will be cut off from the community, and I will destroy anyone among you who does any kind of work on that day. You must do no work at all. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed wherever you live. This will be a Sabbath day of total rest for you, and on that day you must humble yourselves. This time of rest and fasting will begin the evening before the Day of Atonement, and extend until evening of that day. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to begin the festival of shelters on the fifth day after the Day of Atonement. This festival to the Lord will last for seven days. It will begin with a sacred assembly on the first day, and all your regular work must stop. On each of the seven festival days, you must present offerings to the Lord by fire. On the eighth day, you must gather again for a sacred assembly and present another offering to the Lord by fire. This will be a solemn closing assembly, and no regular work may be done that day. These are the Lord's appointed annual festivals. Celebrate them by gathering in sacred assemblies to present all the various offerings to the Lord by fire, whole burnt offerings and grain offerings, sacrificial meals and drink offerings, each on its proper day. These festivals must be observed in addition to the Lord's regular Sabbath days, and these offerings must be given in addition to your personal gifts, the offerings you make to accompany your vows, and any freewill offerings that you present to the Lord. Now on the first day of the festival of shelters, after you have harvested all the produce of the land, you will begin to celebrate this seven-day festival to the Lord. Remember that the first day and closing eighth day of the festival will be days of total rest. On the first day, gather fruit from citrus trees and collect palm fronds and other leafy branches and willows that grow by the streams. Then rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You must observe this seven-day festival to the Lord every year. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be kept by all future generations. During the seven festival days, all of you who are Israelites by birth must live in shelters. This will remind each new generation of Israelites that their ancestors had to live in shelters when I rescued them from the land of Egypt. I, the Lord, am your God. So Moses gave these instructions regarding the annual festivals of the Lord to the Israelites.
1: This is the Bible live with Soapy Dollar.
2: Leviticus 24. The Lord said to Moses, Command the people of Israel to provide you with pure olive oil for the lampstand, so it can be kept burning continually. Aaron will set it up outside the inner curtain of the most holy place in the tabernacle and must arrange to have the lamps tended continually from evening until morning before the Lord. This is a permanent law for you and it must be kept by all future generations. The lamps on the pure gold lampstand must be tended continually in the Lord's presence. You must bake twelve loaves of bread from choice flour using three quarts of flour for each loaf. Place the bread in the Lord's presence on the pure gold table and arrange the loaves in two rows with six in each row. Sprinkle some pure frankincense near each row. It will serve as a token offering to be burned in place of the bread as an offering given to the Lord by fire. Every Sabbath day this bread must be laid out before the Lord on behalf of the Israelites as a continual part of the covenant. The loaves of bread belong to Aaron and his male descendants who must eat them in a sacred place for they represent a most holy portion of the offerings given to the Lord by fire. One day a man who had an Israelite mother and an Egyptian father got into a fight with one of the Israelite men. During the fight this son of an Israelite woman blasphemed the Lord's name, so the man was brought to Moses for judgment. His mother's name was Shelometh. She was the daughter of Debri of the tribe of Dan. They put the man in custody until the Lord's will in the matter should become clear. Then the Lord said to Moses, Take the blasphemer outside the camp and tell all those who heard him to lay their hands on his head. Then let the entire community stone him to death. Say to the people of Israel, Those who blaspheme God will suffer the consequences of their guilt and be punished. Anyone who blasphemes the Lord's name must be stoned to death by the whole community of Israel. Any Israelite or foreigner among you who blasphemes the Lord's name will surely die. Anyone who takes another person's life must be put to death. Anyone who kills another person's animal must pay it back in full, a live animal for the animal that was killed. Anyone who injures another person must be dealt with according to the injury inflicted, fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Whatever anyone does to hurt another person must be paid back in kind. Whoever kills an animal must make full restitution, but whoever kills another person must be put to death. These same regulations apply to Israelites by birth And foreigners who live among you. I, the Lord, am your God. After Moses gave all these instructions to the Israelites, they led the blasphemer outside the camp and stoned him to death, just as the Lord had commanded Moses.
1: This is the Bible! Lie with soapy dollar.
2: Leviticus 25. While Moses was on Mount Sinai, the Lord said to him, Give these instructions to the Israelites. When you have entered the land I am giving you as an inheritance, The land itself must observe a Sabbath to the Lord every seventh year. For six years you may plant your fields and prune your vineyards and harvest your crops. But during the seventh year the land will enjoy a Sabbath year of rest to the Lord. Do not plant your crops or prune your vineyards during that entire year. And don't store away the crops that grow naturally or process the grapes that grow on your unpruned vines. The land is to have a year of total rest. But you, your male and female slaves, your hired servants, And any foreigners who live among you may eat the produce that grows naturally during the Sabbath year. And your livestock and the wild animals will also be allowed to eat of the land's bounty. In addition, you must count off seven Sabbath years, seven years times seven, adding up to 49 years in all. Then on the Day of Atonement of the 50th year, blow the trumpets loud and long throughout the land. This year will be set apart as holy, a time to proclaim release for all who live there. It will be a jubilee year for you, when each of you returns to the lands that belong to your ancestors and rejoins your clan. Yes, the fiftieth year will be a jubilee for you. During that year, do not plant any seeds or store away any of the crops that grow naturally, and do not process the grapes that grow on your unpruned vines. It will be a jubilee year for you, and you must observe it as a special and holy time. You may, however, eat the produce that grows naturally in the fields that year. In the year of jubilee each of you must return to the lands that belonged to your ancestors. When you make an agreement with a neighbor to buy or sell property, you must never take advantage of each other. When you buy land from your neighbor, the price of the land should be based on the number of years since the last jubilee. The seller will charge you only for the crop years left until the next year of jubilee. The more the years, the higher the price. The fewer the years, the lower the price. After all, the person selling the land is actually selling you a certain number of harvests. Show your fear of God by not taking advantage of each other. I, the Lord, am your God. If you want to live securely in the land, keep my laws and obey my regulations. Then the land will yield bumper crops, and you will eat your fill and live securely in it. But, you might ask, what will we eat during the seventh year, since we are not allowed to plant or harvest crops that year? The answer is, I will order my blessing for you in the sixth year, So the land will produce a bumper crop, enough to support you for three years. As you plant the seed in the eighth year, you will still be eating the produce of the previous year. In fact, you will eat from the old crop until the new harvest comes in the ninth year. And remember, the land must never be sold on a permanent basis, because it really belongs to me. You are only foreigners and tenants living with me. With every sale of land, there must be a stipulation that the land can be redeemed at any time. If any of your Israelite relatives go bankrupt and are forced to sell some inherited land, then a close relative, a kinsman-redeemer, may buy it back for them. If there is no one to redeem the land but the person who sold it manages to get enough money to buy it back, then that person has the right to redeem it from the one who bought it. The price of the land will be based on the number of years until the next year of Jubilee. After buying it back, the original owner may then return to the land. But if the original owner cannot afford to redeem it, Then it will belong to the new owner until the next year of Jubilee. In the Jubilee year, the land will be returned to the original owner. Anyone who sells a house inside a walled city has the right to redeem it for a full year after its sale. During that time, the seller retains the right to buy it back. But if it is not redeemed within a year, then the house within the walled city will become the permanent property of the buyer. It will not be returned to the original owner in the year of Jubilee, but a house in a village a settlement without fortified walls, will be treated like property in the open fields. Such a house may be redeemed at any time and must be returned to the original owner in the year of Jubilee. The Levites always have the right to redeem any house they have sold within the cities belonging to them. And any property that can be redeemed by the Levites, all houses within the Levitical cities, must be returned in the year of Jubilee. After all, the cities reserved for the Levites are the only property they own in all Israel. The strip of pasture land around each of the Levitical cities may never be sold. It is their permanent ancestral property. End of reading, Leviticus 23.1-25.34 There
3: is hope for every man A solid place where we can stand In this dry and weary land There is hope for every man
2: You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. As we talk about these national festival days, reminders of who God is, of His holiness, of His goodness, of His provision, of His faithfulness, reminders to help the people be continually aware that our lives are lived out in the context of who God is and what He is doing. How often, how quickly we tend to forget that, even as God's people today, uh, these days, special days of Worship and special days of celebration are intended to help us maintain that awareness of God. Let me take a moment to just say that we are grafted into the people of God. There are two covenants that are taking place with the people of Israel. One is just an earthly covenant with them as a people group, with the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was not a salvation covenant. It was a societal covenant that if they would be a certain kind of society, including these festival days and all of these things we're reading about, if they would be a certain kind of society, then God's hand would be upon them to preserve them and bless them and provide for them. And he would use them as a witness to the nations that rose up around them. And, of course, God did use them throughout many centuries. They were a witness to the true and living God, to the Egyptian empire, the Aramean empire, the Assyrian empire, the Babylonian empire, the Greek and the Roman empires. Israel was used by God in spite of the fact that they themselves did not keep their part of that earthly covenant in that earthly covenant that was for them and them alone now the principles. Involved of festival days, of worship, the principles involved of a day of Sabbath, of taking time to remember God and remind ourselves that our life is not satisfied and completed by just these earthly matters. The the principle passes to all of God's people. So that was the earthly covenant part of God's dealings with the people of Israel. The spiritual part was they were a type of the people of God in the sense of Any man, woman, child, uh, myself, an Apache Indian, you uh, with your different background, other people from China, Russia, Japan, uh, Eskimos, wherever people are from that love God and seek him and trust in the Lord, they are the people of God. The principles here involved apply to us, uh, the principles of worship, the principles of atonement. But Jesus, of course, is our lamb. We would not do the day of atonement today because that sacrifice has been done away with. All of these festivals pointed to and find their completion in the Messiah. So there is no longer a necessity for them to be continued as they are because the completion has already been seen in Jesus the Messiah. We do celebrate, and I think that's one of the principles that we look for as God's people. I have visited a number of times and celebrated Sukkot, the uh, the festival of shelters and booths and so on. They are not incumbent upon us non-Jewish people. Yes, we are grafted in, We're grafted in in the sense of the people of God. We have become spiritual Israel in that sense, people of the covenant. But the basis of our covenant is not the Ten Commandments and these festival days. The basis of our covenant with God is now completed in Messiah. A lot of people wonder, well, why don't we just keep it up? And, of course, some of this had to do with the tabernacle no longer exists now and the temple no longer exists. So some of these are a little bit hard to do apart from those. Let me mention this one thing. There is an example here of a just punishment, Eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. Sometimes people think that's a call for personal revenge. It's a principle of justice that punishment should match the crime. That's what eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth means. Wonderful reading, wonderful reminder of God's goodness in these celebrations. Remember, they had the Sabbath every week. And in the course of these 19 days of festival, they were ordained by God as days of celebration with him. Of course, there was a serious side to all of them as they confessed sin and experience God's forgiveness, but they were weighted heavily on the side of celebration, which tells you something about our God as well. These days were not times of moral depravity as in other pagan nations and those who didn't know God. These days helped set the people of Israel apart. And you and I can do the same today with Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year and Independence Day and Labor Day and even Valentine's Day with its emphasis on love and romance. All of these can be used to glorify and praise our great and wonderful God. See you next time.
1: The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live. P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar.